You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour, as we are just a couple of days out of preseason game number one. I'm your host, LJ Hero, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, we finally got to watch the Philadelphia Eagles on the football field against a different opponent, and I know it was only one drive for the starters on both offense and defense, but you know, I, I, well, we're going to get into it, but you know, we saw, saw a lot of good things out there. Absolutely, man. I just, I for one cannot believe summer is almost over. I'm happy and I know, I know that, I know that you want summer to be gone. You know, you want a bit cooler weather, but I mean, I mean, but it also means football's in the air. The NFL season is coming and so many things. It just, I just can't believe how quick this summer went, despite how quiet things were with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think this is what you're four year five we've been doing this and i don't think we ever were able to have gaps between shows like we did this summer because yeah. of how quiet it was and because of how nick sirianni runs things there's just no reason to talk about stuff because he doesn't run practices the same way we've seen former coaches do it and stuff so and of course there how he was really quiet but he made when he splashed he splashed and he made some moves so yeah. Yeah, that, and, was, and that was nice. I know, and I know you said it was Nick Sirianni, but I think it's more of an NFL thing now. I mean, not, Andy mm -hmm. Reid's still going to run some padded, padded practices. You know, Mike Tomlin will, but that's that. Those days are gone. Like it's in the CBA, you're not allowed to start hitting or being full pads. To, you're only allowed to be in full pads a certain amount of time. So that's just the new way of the NFL. And the Eagles didn't have that many injuries last year. I mean, we talk we talk about it from the Super Bowl year from 2017 to. 2020 like it felt like going into the regular season or sometime throughout the regular season the Eagles suffered a major injury you know obviously going back to the Super Bowl year Carson Wentz Jason Peters Darren Sproles Jordan Hicks we can go on and on and on um, and then and then that one year where they had 16 different or 14 or 15 different offensive line combinations in 16 games but last year the Eagles were relatively healthy yeah they you know Nobody's going to be 100%, you know, especially in a 17-game season. But Nick Sirianni, I think, did the smart thing. And we're going to see that that going forward. They're going to use these uh, joint practices, which they have two coming up against Cleveland and against Miami. That's going to be – we're not going to see the, the starting offense or defense in preseason games anymore. The, they're going to get more work in a controlled environment like practice in these joint practices. And that's what's going to happen um, going forward. And – if the Eagles are good, if the Eagles are able to stay healthy, don't I have no issue with that. It's going to stink because obviously we want to see the starters out there. We want to see what they've been working on, but everything is going to be vanilla anyway. Um, when there's cameras, you know, in the mix, you don't want to give Detroit um, any any footage in week one for week one. I mean, they're they're in hard knocks. If I'm the Eagles, I'm watching hard knocks every Tuesday night. I'm getting something out of that. Before we give, uh, before we go any further, Connor, let's uh, 
you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHero54. And follow the Painted Lines on Twitter at the Painted Lines and also on YouTube. So the start of the game for the Eagles on Friday night against the Jets couldn't have been any better. Six of six. They didn't come out running the ball because we know that they can run the football. We The one thing we wanted to see all year coming into O'Connor is can Jalen Hurts throw the football? And he was 6 of 6, 80 yards, a touchdown, got hit late um, by Quincy Williams on a dumb play. And and, and you saw the, the videos of, of Nick Sirianni going at it, screaming across to the Jets' sideline. Uh, but, yeah, so Jalen looked good. And the only thing was it wasn't anything crazy. He didn't throw the ball to, to A.J. Brown. I was kind of hoping, and I think a lot of people were, if you remember T.O.'s first our second preseason game. It was the first one in Philly, the 81-yard uh, touchdown him. I think a lot of people wanted to see that. Let's go deep to A.J. Brown on the first play. But, no, I mean, he didn't force it to A.J. He spread the ball around. Quez um, to Dallas Goddard, obviously, on the touchdown. But he was able to spread the ball around, and he was able to smart, make smart decisions. My only thing is he still rolled out to the right. That's the thing I want him to – I know it, it, it's instinctual. That's what he does. But it's something that I want to see him shy away from every once in a while. You know, I don't want him to always roll to the right. That's his. That's what he's natural instinct. He should stay in the pocket. Some a few of the times that he rolled out right, the pocket was clean. He could have st- stood in there. But I get it. Hopefully, going forward, more game action is something that he won't revert to. Yeah, and and I remember. I don't remember the exact quote now, but I remember Nick Sirianni said something about him moving out of the clean pockets and that he was okay with it. Um, I wish I remembered the exact quote, but he, Nick Sirianni was okay with him moving out of a clean pocket. He he wants him to be able to, sometimes that's not how you necessarily want it because you want, the, you want to keep the defense on their heels. You don't want them to always think that the same things are going to happen. So sometimes he's going to stay in a clean pocket. He's going to throw the ball. Sometimes it's going to be a clean pocket and he's going to roll out because that's just the capabilities that a guy like Jalen Hurts has um, with his mobility and his athleticism and his ability to really do things with his legs. So obviously it's something that the coaching staff supports. And at the end of the day, we just hope that he doesn't vacate clean pockets a lot, that he tries to take advantage of, you know, clean pockets because he really wasn't bad when thrown from a clean pocket last season, but we you come into these issues where you're rolling out of clean pockets constantly and you're stuck wondering well why are you leaving a clean pocket why aren't you taking the time to go through your progressions are you really just a one read quarterback you missed your one read so you rolled out so we do obviously worry about that from time to time yeah we so we are starting with the offense obviously plenty of good things we saw uh, from the defense and we'll get to that in a little bit but um you're right and and with it being preseason and like i want to see you do play outside of your comfort zone a little bit um and obviously that first drive you know with with hurts um on the field it was all throws they again we know miles sanders can run the ball and again at practice today he uh, he sat out with leg soreness how the heck he got leg soreness i don't know he didn't do anything on friday he caught the ball a couple times maybe but come on um and then the one thing when it comes to jalen hurts is when he got that, when he got hit by Quincy Williams, one of the things that AJ Brown, like he said, he went up to him and said, "Dude, slide! Like, we need you." 
obviously. I mean, Gardner Minshew looked all right, obvious, but the Jets are a really bad team. Like, I don't, I don't care about all the what Joe Douglas has done and the new coaching staff. That team is just bad. Like, the, does it make to me? It didn't matter if it was good. To me, it like, didn't matter if it was the ones. It didn't matter if it was the twos. Like, <clears throat> and and like what happened to Zach Wilson was prime reason why you don't play the starters that well, much. We aren't going to see and, Jalen and the starters the rest of the preseason. Oh no! And but one of the things that I heard when because I was watching the New York feed for whatever reason, I got the New York feed, and they were talking about how Robert Sala's plan was play one couple series, play a quarter, play a half of his starters in the preseason. And to me, like that's ambitious. I mean, you already saw it. Zach Wilson, it was a non-contact injury at the end of the day. He should have it could have been worse if somebody got a hold of him. If like it was Jordan Davis in pursuit, like if somebody had a got a hold of him and his leg bent the wrong way, he's not necessarily looking at a meniscus issue like he has right now. He could be looking at a torn ACL, torn Achilles. So that's why you don't want that. And obviously the big thing is, it's the preseason, and they were begging and pleading. Why didn't he go out of bounds? He should have just went out of bounds. We get it. You threw an interception on the first possession or the first series. You weren't happy about it. You're trying to show something. It's the preseason. Save that for the regular season. Show us that in the regular season. The last thing you want, if that was a torn ACL, that would have been absolutely huge. Yeah, for the Jets, and obviously, like taking him in the first round um, last year, like he's their future. I know a couple I, – I, and one of my close friends is a Jets fan, and he – we went and I, we went to the Eagles-Jets game last year, and, like, on the ride there, I, I had had my reservations about Zach Wilson all this whole time, and he said, well, you know, he's, he feels like he has it, but I, don't, I just don't know if he does. Like, he has it when it comes to the women, I guess. I but. always – to me, I always have skepticism for the final, you know, senior year, junior year rise, kind of like Malik Willis – Zach Wilson, Joe Burrow might be an exception to that. Joe Burrow made that rise and he has been incredible, but that just goes to show it's not always going to be a guy like Joe Burrow. There isn't always going to be a guy like Joe Burrow. There isn't going to always be the Josh Allen who develops insanely in between year one and year two or year two and year three. It just doesn't always happen that way. But that was one of the big things is I always am skeptical of that, especially if there's a lot of question marks. Joe Burrow, the biggest question mark with Joe Burrow was more or less, can he do it outside the LSU offense? Yeah. And if that's the biggest weakness is can you do it outside of the offense, you can probably feel a little bit better than some of the question marks that were around Malik Willis, Zach Wilson, and others who had that ascension in their final year. Eh, I mean, it also helps when you bring the LSU's best receiver, you know. The- yeah, when you <laughs> got Jamar Chase, Chase yeah, T. So Higgins, let's, let's, Joe Mixon. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go back to the, to the Eagles. Another guy I wanted to bring up, Cam Jurgens. Man, he reminded me so much of Jason Kelsey, and I know it was against the Jets, and it was it was just a preseason game, and you don't really game, and teams don't really game plan for the other team in, in preseason. Like the Detroit Lions, if, if are going to game plan for Jalen Hurts, they're gonna, especially after what the Eagles did to them last year, winning for forty four to six, running for two hundred and ninety some odd yards in that game or whatever it was. So you know that the, the Detroit Lions aren't gonna want that to happen, and like that's a game that you you want to sit there and if you want to look at the Eagles, that obviously week one is where you want to, because the Jets weren't game planning for the Eagles. Cleveland's not going to game plan for the Eagles. Miami's not going to game plan for the Eagles. We're at the point, I think in, in, in training camps, slash preseason where you're going to start in putting your installs in for week one. 
Um, obviously, you know, by Tuesday they got to get they got to go from 90 to 85. All, all teams got to go 90 to 85. The Eagles are at 88 after releasing a couple people today. Um, and then you gradually go from 85 to 80, and then you have to go from 80 to 53, and then you have to put your practice squad, the 16 team practice, uh, 16 player practice squad together. So, like, obviously the, the the tape for these young players that on the field it's important. They want to go out there and, and, and prove to if it's the Eagles or if it's the, to the 31 other teams that they belong on an NFL roster. But the one thing that we, we started talking about, Connor, was like we didn't we, – the Eagles aren't – Eagles, and I'm going to stick with the Eagles because obviously we're talking about them. Like their first minicamp practice was 58 minutes, and that was a big what the heck from a lot of people. Like how – how it, 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 I feel like it would be hard to put a put tape out there if you're having an hour of practice, if you're having an hour of practice because you're not going to – you want to see – who what your starters are able to do like the guys that you know are going to make the team you don't want them to sit on the sideline you want them to be able to go out there and get reps to especially if you're installing new plays but then you have to think about the the, the young players out there the the reads that looked terrible on friday like he looked awful um and, and i there was yeah. all this talk in training camp practices that you know Varner minchu's look bad and reads that should be the number two no that's not happening Varner minchu unless he gets traded it's going to be the number two quarterback on this team and Gardner minchu looked good on in-game action you know, maybe that's what we have. Maybe you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't look great in practice, but when it, when when the lights turn on and you get in between the the the, the white the white mar- the white sidelines and and you're on the field and game act, live game action, that's when he turns it up. Just like somebody like Nicobe Dean, we haven't really heard much about Nicobe Dean throughout training camp practices, but on Friday, he looked like the Georgia Nicobe Dean because he was all over the field playing right behind Jordan Davis when Jordan Jordan Davis is clogging up the middle. And it looked like the running back was getting through who was right there to make the tackle, Nicobe Dean. Like you you have certain players and, and that they aren't the greatest of practice players, but when you put them in a game-like situation or you put them in a game situation, they're gonna make plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you bring up Cam Jurgens. So before we move to the defense, I'll talk about that. I saw Brandon Thorne, who works with established run, he's really well versed in the offensive line and the defensive line. And I posted a video of him showing some of the plays that Cam Jurgens had made. And it was really quite interesting to watch because I said, it looks exactly like Jason Kelsey, almost identical him moving up the field, how he pulls, where he goes, his, his movement, how he takes on people at the second level and the third level. It was just really fascinating to watch when he pulled that, film together and it and he showed it all i was just so intrigued by it and i was like wow it, it looks and exactly like what we expected and exactly what we wanted when we drafted him where we drafted him and i understand that there's a lot of people who were skeptical of the pick but i mean i made the comment that i don't think in two three four years time that we're going to care about it or that we're going to care about where he was drafted because he is going to step into the role and every single year we talk about well, we got to find the next Jason Kelsey. We got to find the the predecessor to Jason Kelsey because why? Eventually, Jason Kelsey's gonna have to go. And <laughs> the big thing, 50, like, and finally, happened. they invested in a center. And yet, I think the prospect here is like Jason Kelsey was drafted in what ran the fifth round, six round. It was a day three pick. And so the prospect is, if we were able to get that out of Jason Kelsey, why should we have to invest in the center position early? And I disagree completely with that. Like, I don't know if that's a full thought process of some people, but I think that people think because of Jeff Stoutland, 
that we shouldn't look what he did with Jordan Mailata. Look what he's done with some of these people. Why should we have to invest high draft capital in the position? But if you want the right guy, like people have been begging and pleading for Howie Roseman to make this move. He finally makes the move at the center position. Well, we thought he made the move last season with Landon Dickerson, but Landon Dickerson moved into the left guard position perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So when Cam Jurgens came, it was like, we we should trust what Howie is doing because if there's one thing he knows what he's doing, it's working the trenches, finding the trenches, and building the trenches. So yeah, to so, me, that was a yeah, big thing. The one thing, like you mentioned, how Jason Kelsey is, isn't going to be, he's not. And you didn't get the Eagles broadcast, you got the Jets broadcast. But Ross Tucker was talking about, like, he looked, they were showing replay, replay after replay of Jurgens pulling and Jurgens getting up to the second level. And it just looked like Jason Kelsey. And then uh, Brian Baldinger mm -hmm. this week was on, or Brian, uh, Brian Baldinger was, was with um, Glenn McDowell and Mike Sealski yesterday. Um, on 94 WIP, and he said that he liked Cam Jurgens better than Tyler Lindenbaum. You remember, there was all the talk like oh, maybe the Eagles will use one of their first round picks on Linderbaum to or Lindenbaum. He could be the the, the heir apparent, but man, Jurgens just looks the part out on the field. He didn't look phased, and and the Jets played their starters like he was Quinny. It was Quinn Williams was right over top of him, and he didn't look phased at all. And um, I know that there was a lot of he was catching a lot of flack over the lost rep at the link against Jordan Davis. Rep. And Jordan yeah, Davis rep. said that was one rep. You haven't seen the reps where he got the better of me. He mm -hmm. Jordan Davis pretty much said, I hate that that video came out because there's probably multiple videos you could find of me losing reps against him because they're both just really good players. And like Cam Jurgens, like you said, was really good. And one other guy I wanted to talk about, I was actually shocked by this how much Jason Huntley played. I understand, well, like, uh, to Dave me. Dave knows me, hurt. Um, yeah, there, there was hurt, injuries, and but like. Gonna, and you're not going to put Sander or Sanders out there with the second and third third stream. So it and like, And me. I get, like, DeAndre Torrey probably wasn't going to play this week. He'll probably see time next week. But, like, I thought Kennedy Brooks would get a bit more of a look than what he got. Like, Kennedy Brooks, and I understand – Kennedy Brooks had like the first run of the game that Kennedy Brooks had was like almost a first down. I think it was like an eight or nine yard rush. And everyone was like, Kennedy Brooks has to be on this team. I was actually really impressed with Jason Huntley. First of all, Jason Huntley showed a bit on the kick return side of things. 16 for 48 with a touchdown, but running behind the second and the third line offensive line is pretty good. I get three yard per carry averages like, yeah, but of running behind the second and the third line, and some of them weren't looking at the top of their game. That's impressive. And then he also was targeted five times, made four catches for 39 yards. Like to me, I thought there would be a bit more competition because to me, if I don't start to see more Kennedy Brooks or I don't see DeAndre Torrey more next week, I'm starting to almost think that Jason Huntley could be like a runaway well, RB4. And I don't think Torrey's going to make the team. I just think he's a camp body because they only, they had the least amount of running backs on their roster in camp throughout mm -hmm. the entire NFL. And then you have two that couldn't that didn't play and were missing practice. So it doesn't surprise me like they just brought him in. But like I I think Huntley has the inside track because of kick returning. Um and I and I get it a lot of the, most of the time the ball gets kicked through the end zone. But with, with that I, I mean I'd rather see Huntley back there than regular returning kicks. Um and you know he, he's gonna be able to provide a spark on special teams. So you you and, and he has the burst. He's probably the quickest 
of the running backs. Now he's not the biggest, obviously. He's not going to get a lot of carries, but when he if he has to spot, to, you know, be out there on a drive or two, I think he could he can catch the ball out the backfield and you know line him up against the or have a linebacker try to cover him. It's probably a mismatch. And like we had mentioned, special teams. He's he, he can be the primary kick returner. I don't think. Did he, I don't think he returned any punts on Friday. No, he didn't do how. punts. He did two kicks. Well, he did more than two, but the ones he returned, it was two that he returned for 61 yards. That's impre- That's yeah. a 30-yard average. That's so, that's better than what we got last year for most of our kick returns. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I think that that's where his inside track is. I mean, obviously, when you have somebody like him, you, you want to find any way you can to make the, the team. And, and being able to make the team is being a contributor on special teams. Um, and then, like – the, the guy that you've been being all about, you know, Britton Co- Covey, 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 whatever. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's only one game. I don't think he would, like, as of right now, if like they had to make decisions now, I don't think he, he's on the team. I don't, I, I think that they, he would get cut. Um, and I, I didn't see that burst that like, obviously the, the and, and I've talked about this all the time. I don't like Pac-12 football. You know, it, it's, I know, and I know he had a couple of big returns against Ohio State, and Ohio State being a Big Ten team and one of the better teams in the country. But <clears throat> like the NFL is a totally different monster, and he like he doesn't have that. I, I just he he's I, I don't know. I, I I'm still of the ilk that Brenton Covey is not on the team as of right now. Things could change, and then he has that th- that was it thumb sprain or whatever. Uh, uh, and one of his he has a sprain in one of his fingers. Um, he, and he was probably, I think it was like on light duty, whatever, uh, didn't practice full. So we'll see. He's going to have to make some plays in these preseason games. Um, you know, I think that the Eagles might rather have nobody back there to return punts than, and can mess it up instead of putting like Covey back there or even putting Rager back there. We'll see. Um, yeah, but- I think one of the biggest things that when I was talking about Britton Covey was like, there's really, there's, there's quite a discussion there about wide receiver five and if they even consider keeping six because look at the night like zach pascal had a really good night too he was someone who stood off the page to me he had a really good night the eagles are f- certain keeping four AJ oh Brown, yes yes Devontae smith quez Watkins, and zach pascal are locks mm-hmm. to make the roster then the, the question becomes do you keep five or six and if it's only five you know is it gonna be somebody that can tr- contribute on special teams like covey and i know we don't like to see them back there but regular is their primary Pump returner right now until until somebody else takes it from him, um, or do they keep six and then do you go like Greg Ward and Covey or Greg Ward and Rager or Rager and Co- like that's where I think the big question comes because we know that four mm-hmm. is a lot. Yeah, and, and like what I was saying, like Zach Pascal, he had a really good night. Like we, there was no debate in that those there was going to be four guys, and he was probably he was the fourth guy. Quez Watkins had a really good night too. He saw some early targets. He saw some early work from the guy we needed to see the work from. Um, and to me, there was never any discussion about the four that they were keeping, but there was always a discussion of the five. Greg Ward suffering through some injury issues right now, which hurts him because he really needs to be able to be involved in this. Now, Britton Covey's injury, there's a part of me that almost terribly to say wishes it was a more serious injury so that they could stash him and keep him because at the beginning my think my thought process was this you stash him and nobody gets a shot at him 
and you see what you got in him. You put him on the IR. You keep him out of out of everyone's sight for six weeks or whatever. You never know. You might even be able to extend it and make it a whole year thing. Draw it out like they've done with multiple players in the past. Um, but even Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager had a okay night. Like he actually had a decent night playing with the twos. Pretty much Gardner Minshew. Minshew looked his way. Well, he was targeted four times. It almost felt to me like he was targeted more than that. But Minshew looked his way. Minshew felt comfortable looking his way. And in recent interviews, Jalen Reger really kind of spoke out on, you know, this has been humbling going from first round pick to roster bubble player. And I'm really going to take advantage of this. And to me, it kind of looked like he did take advantage of it with the New York in the New York Jets game. To me, I would still rather see him gets uh, gain some value and be dealt because at this point you're four deep Jalen Reger needs to provide that spark on special teams. He has to, you, he, there's no ifs, ands or buts anymore with Jalen Reger. He has to be able to be out there on special teams and effectively producing on special teams to be on this team. If he is your fifth wide receiver and he brings nothing more than, yeah, you can target this guy 30, 40 times this season and he might produce 15, 20 catches for 300 yards and one touchdown. That does nothing for this team. That so fifth my, wide receiver, that sixth wide receiver has to be able to produce on the special teams. He does. And, and my thing is, and I don't want to compare compare him to this guy, um, but like if you go back to Nelson Aguilar, um, his third year, I think, was 2017 when we went to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles brought in Alshon, brought in Torrey Smith, and it was and, and Nelson Aguilar went into the season as an afterthought. And he ended up, I mean, he was the best receiver in the Super Bowl, obviously. Like, he had a really good Super Bowl game. And now, and, and, and I'm not saying that that, that that's going to happen for Rager, but, like, we brought in it. We traded for A.J. Brown. I mean, we had Devontae Smith on the roster. Um, we have a couple other guys, um, you know, Quez Walker. Like, I know that the, the, the wide receiver room now is a lot better than it was back in 2017. I mean, looking at the names and whatnot, um, but – I don't want to say it's a fear of like maybe getting rid of him too soon, but I think Howie is if if how if Howie had his druthers, he'd rather have him on the roster instead of just cutting him and letting him go. Like Jay Jaw's gonna be gone. That's that's he's a I would hope. That's I a lost hope. case right there. Like I don't care that he's trying to <clears throat> become a be, become a, a tight end, but like he had a didn't he have a drop pass, I think, on Friday? Like he just he he's done like that that's year. This is year four, I think, going into year four for um, Jay Jaw. We 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 know he doesn't have it, and and I don't want to play this. Oh no, well, he couldn't do the receiver thing, but maybe he can be a be a tight end. <clears throat> I don't want to play that game with him. He he's not he's not good. And I I think if like looking at it, and the, the my internal debate is, would I rather put the time and energy into Jalen Rager, or would I put rather put the time and energy in the Jay Jaw? And I think that you have the potential, and I'm not saying – obviously, I think if everybody had their way, it's, neither of them being here is the answer. But if you had to pick one, I'd rather go out and try to do it with Rager because I think he just has the ability and he, he has more talent than j has. And I'm not even going to look at the you know the depth chart. Obviously, the depth chart at tight end is a lot easier for j to potentially make the team. But I just think that Rager's ability is a lot better than than Jay Jaws. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you look at the tight end room and it seems 
more shallow and like more opportunity there to break in. But to me, that doesn't even matter at best. Like I would not put him on that field over Jack Stoll. And I don't even or love Richard Jack Rogers. Stoll. <laughs> or Richard Rogers. Like if Richard Rogers, like he's got a permanent locker in, in Philadelphia, you know, that man's always got an opportunity to be here, whether it's on the practice squad or whether it's playing on Sundays, it doesn't matter. He's always going to have a home here, but like JJ to me, I get it. He was a good blocker, but that was a good blocker as a receiver. Now he's actually got to go up against like, defensive like ends. linebackers, <laughs> defensive ends. You never know. He might be trying to work off a, off of a defensive tackle who might be stunting out. Like you never know. And he's going to get, he'll get bullied. Like he's to me, it just doesn't make sense. I would rather invest the time in Jalen Breger because if you can really, really work with him on that pump return, if you can really get him to get his head in the game, I think he can be a good wide receiver. I just think what's best for him and what's best for us is that he get a second chance elsewhere. And I mean, I know it's been a point of contention and a point of discussion amongst the fan base. It just feels like a fresh start for him would be best. And if he succeeds in his fresh start elsewhere, good for him. We can't sit there and live and die on this idea that what if, what if it does, we got 53 men that we get to keep. Well, 69, if you want to talk about the 16 man practice squad, but if you end up to the point where you're going to cut Jalen Breger and hope he lands on your practice squad, he's getting picked up. So like you have to sit there and say, is he of one of the top 53 men who give me the best chance on Sunday right now? No, I don't think he does. I don't think he will. And I don't think there's much he can show in preseason that will get me to think that. I mean, I think there is something that that, that he can show. Um, before we move over to the defensive side of the ball, I, I mean, the one thing about Jalen Rager is, and he spoke about it this week, he's really humble. Like, he's not going out there and saying, like, it, this opportunity should just be his. He's he's out there to prove, you know, go out there and earn this roster spot, and that's good to hear. But let's move over to the defensive side of the football and we got to talk about our first-round pick, Jordan Davis. The Eagles are, with their first two picks, you know, they took Jordan Davis and Cam Jurgens. I think both of those guys are proven why the Eagles were smart. And you always the Eagles have always, starting back with Andy Reid and obviously, you know, with Joe Banner and, and um, now Howie Roseman, they always prioritize the offensive and defensive lines before anything. And obviously when the Eagles traded up against uh, above Baltimore and People when they took Jordan Davis, people were mad because they didn't take Kyle Hamilton. I mean, I think the Eagle, I mean, Jordan Davis <laughs> proved, and I know again, I know it was against the Jets, and he, I mean, McGovern, I think might be the Jets starting center this year. So, but mm-hmm. when you're out there manhandling 300 pound men, 300 pound plus men, you're a powerful dude. Like, Jordan Davis is going to be really good for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that that defensive line. Isn't is going to have a deep rotation, something they haven't had since that 2017 season. You know, you Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox starting potentially starting tackles with Hassan Reddick, who was who did nothing but rush the passer on Friday, so that was good to see. Uh, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham, um, and then if you think of that that second wave, Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, um, and Josh Sweat and. I don't even know who would be the who would be on the other side. I guess Derek Barnett. Did Derek Barnett play on Friday? Like, I don't think I saw him on the field, which I'm not complaining, obviously. Uh, um, but you you're know, not complaining, but you probably didn't see him there because they're protecting him because he's going to be on the roster. So, 
But it would be nice to see what he's going to well, do played, and how he's going to fit. You say that, but Fletcher Cox played. Um, Javon Hargrave, like some of the start, Hassan Reddick was out there. Uh, Brandon Graham was out there. So like, I, I don't, I don't buy that whole protecting him because he's making the roster. All, a lot of the others, Darius Slay was on the field. James Bradbury was on the field. Marcus Epps, Anthony, like the starting, the starters were out on the field. Kazir White, dude, looked really good. Like that might be the steal of free agency for Howie Roseman. Kaiser, get, getting Kaiser White from the Los Angeles Chargers, it was it's the first time in a long time that we had linebackers that knew what the heck they were doing. You know, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, N'Kobe Dean, everybody flowing to the football. You know, N'Kobe Dean reading reading the, the, the offensive lineman, seeing what Jordan Davis was doing in front of him, which he's used to because they did it for years together, seeing what Jordan Davis was doing in front of him and able to, to, to make tackles when a running back tried to come to the – like you know, cut back to the other side. It was really good just seeing linebackers, seeing Jordan Davis, seeing Nicobe Dean, seeing our draft picks out there on the field Friday night, making plays and making names for themselves, but all, albeit in a preseason game. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest standouts to me. And one of the things that I said was like, that's huge. Like watching Kaiser White make that play. He read the eyes. He stood there and he literally took the Zach Wilson made a terrible decision. It was all yeah, around a horrible play from a quarterback perspective, but he didn't get impatient. He didn't move away. He followed the eyes. He stuck with the eyes. He made that play. We're not used to that. Even like TJ Edwards, like you said, he was flown towards the ball. He was making plays. Nicobe Dean, same thing. It was really impressive. It was extremely impressive to see those guys. And there was another play that the Jordan Davis play, I think I posted it on the Kelly Green Hour. I retweeted it on the Kelly Green Hour page where he was getting, Jordan Davis was getting triple teamed. And I think it was Taron Jackson on the outside who Andre Chichere was coming in. He Chichere tripped up and whatever it was, what it was. But there was enough there that Taron Jackson backed off, read the eyes, bad at the pass down mm -hmm. that like if you're seeing this and i get it it's up against the twos for the jets or the threes for the jets but i think that was uh might have been zach wilson on that play i couldn't couldn't tell who the quarterback was but that if they are causing that much trouble now without hargrave out there to feed without Fletcher Cox, without Josh Sweat, without Brandon Graham, they were able to triple team them because they had none of those guys out there whatsoever. They probably had the rental wrens of the world out there. Imagine what it'll be like when they actually, the starters are out there and they actually have to make the decision. Do I take Sweat? Do I take Reddick? Do I take, you can't triple team a guy at that point. You can double totally. team a guy, but at that point you can only probably decide to double team one guy. Or if you double team two guys, you're leaving at least one or two guys open to go in and make the decision to get at the quarterback. But that was another one guy that that hopped off the page. To me was Taron Jackson. He had a really good game to me. And whether he's an edge, whether he's a linebacker, whatever you want to say, I think he's got a really good chance because guys like Sean Bradley weren't good. They didn't have a good night. They didn't show out. They didn't show much when they were given the opportunity to show out. But a guy like Taron Jackson just had such a phenomenal night as well. But it goes without saying, if a combination of guys like Ren Ren, Taron Jackson, Jordan Davis, and a Russian Andre Chichere can cause that type of havoc in a preseason game, I would, 
I would hate to be the offensive coordinator trying to prepare for what you're going to see, especially when we're seeing a vanilla defense. Yeah. This is plain Jane as it can be. And you're about to see a whole lot more havoc, I think, come from Jonathan Gannon. And even to me, I saw more from Jonathan Gannon from a play calling perspective than a lot of last season in this oh. one preseason game. Yeah, we saw a lot now. of different looks. We saw people drop back. We saw people moving in. Like there was a lot of moving parts. And I was like, I can get behind this. I agree with you there. And and I'm really I'm gonna be really interested in these next two weeks with the joint practices with the Browns and the the Dolphins, because they're gonna see a lot a, a lot better talent on the offensive side of the ball for these teams. You know, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, um Kareem Hunt will probably not be practicing, but like um, with the receivers they have, Amari Cooper. Um, this is just you know talking about Cleveland, Amari Cooper, and and the guys they have over there. And then you go to Miami with, um, the, you know, Tyreek Hill. Um, There's just all the weapons they have. This is the, while we're not going to be able to see it because it's going to be a, a joint practice. It's not going to be in a game situation. I'm more intrigued by those practices and how the, how the defense is going to stack up against those guys in those type of situations, because that's way better talent than what the New York Jets have right now. Sean Watson is way better than Zach Wilson. Uh, Tua and Zach are probably on the same wavelength, whatever. Um, but if you think of just, you just think about the offensive minds that are going to be calling plays against Jonathan Gannon, uh, Kevin Stefanski with Cleveland and McDaniel with um, Miami. That's where, that's where I think they're going to get a lot of work these next two weeks. And it's going to, Make them better. Because when you get to Detroit, it's Jared Goff. It's DeAndre Swift. It's Amon Ron St. Brown and Jameis Jamison Williams is not probably not going to be on the field. But, like, there, there are still weapons over there. And, and that's going to make them better for this week one game against Detroit. Um, so Bobby Johnson actually says, are they being overly optimistic about two to four weeks? Oh, I think, is that the Jason Kelsey? I would, I'm, I'm get, I'm guessing cause he's really Kelsey's the only injury. One. I think I he's going to play week one as well. Like, okay. So they, there has been the discussion about Jason Kelsey. Is he going to be ready? Is he not going to be ready? First of all, if he's not ready for week one against the Detroit Lions, I'm fine with Roland Cam Jurgens out there. I have zero stress that he can go out there and, and do the job right. Um, I'm no, me and LJ are no, you know, medical practitioners here. So I don't think we're going to be the best for this. But, I mean, looking at the injury, seeing what people have said about the injury, two to four weeks sounds like the general timeline. I don't mm -hmm. think this is an optimistic thing. I think this is just really a general timeline on Jason Kelsey. Um, and like I said, no matter how you roll the dice, you get a decent matchup week one that if he's not fully ready, if he's not fully there, you can probably be comfortable in saying, give him the extra week. He's earned that extra week. If he needs that extra week, him, you give it. And a lot of people want him to start 122 straight starts at center. Like that's why he started that week seven, week 18 game last year. He went out there for a snap to keep the streak alive. And apparently, you know, Brian Bald, I think it was Brian Baldinger was speaking with Kelsey at the game on Friday. And while talking to him, he's he said he's he's going to be ready to play. And I think he, I I agree. I I don't think that they would have went through the procedure if he wasn't going to be ready to play week one. But you're right in saying that. It helps having Cam Jurgens as the backup because Jurgens went out there and proved that he could play at the NFL level. 
Obviously, I mean, with the Jets, it's, it's, it's a different story, but, you know. But, I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. Is, is that, really Detroit's, that different? I think Detroit's <laughs> defensive line might be better than, like, uh, who do they have? Do they have Danny Shelton at defensive tackle? And you got Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. Like, you, you definitely got did, you watch, guys. did you watch um, Hard Knocks, the week, this first episode? I did not. No? Do you usually watch Hard Knocks or no? Rarely. Okay. Unfortunately, not something we get a whole lot of in Canada. You got to kind of hunt it down, just, but because like a lot, I, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued by what a lot of people think. Like going into, or you know, get, getting up to week one as as Hard Knocks progresses up towards it, a lot of like Dan Dan Campbell talks the talk, but I don't know if he's a really good coach. I I know he's a really good leader, and he can he has all the right he says all the right things, but can he really coach? Also, I miss Deuce Staley like. Deuce was awesome in, in episode one. And I, I I mean, I would give anything to have Deuce back on, on the, but uh, the one thing about Campbell is like, man, whether he can coach or not, his players play their asses off for that dude. I have still, no clue what it stays. is. Maybe it's the entire coaching stuff, but there was games where they had no right in being involved in last year. And they were there Pretty much right into it the took, fourth what, like quarter. A 66 yard field goal from Justin Tucker to beat them. Yeah, like there's some games that they like you should against the Ravens. There's no reason Huntley or Lamar Jackson that you that that team should be in that game like that. And but listen, I know the Baltimore Ravens had a horrible year. They were ransacked by injuries. So I mean, but let's not worry about the Baltimore Ravens. Let's let's get back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but let's get back to after, so- I want to. I kind of am curious. After seeing that game, after we've we did, you know, we did our defensive depth chart right before this. I mean, I think the offensive is a little more clear than the defensive. I think there's a lot more flexibility in you know for the last four or five spots defensively. With just one game in your uh, in your sights, has anything changed in your mind on your depth chart at the back end of it? Obviously the front end is going to remain the same, but on the back end, was there anyone who stood out to you who got a lot of playing time or anything that you're like, maybe well, I mean, there's something here? Mario Goodrich, who I had on my roster anyway, I think he's, I think he's, he's really close to going to make the team. Josh Dobe kind of got, he got, uh, he got picked on a little bit. And I know you've talked about him transitioning to safety and that might be a better spot for him yeah uh, i see Zach, like Zach i'm looking at um i'm looking at pff and they <laughs> he they said he was targeted six times five receptions 57 yards that's who's that job that was josh job like that yeah. that's not that's definitely not great you don't want to see not. that in coverage but to me that was one of the things he's a bit slower he's a bit more tight-hipped maybe the move to safety is what makes sense to me but one of the guys that stood to me, they had the highest the highest snap count went to Andre's chair. He was one of the guys who I had making the back end of that safety. He's the one who I wanted over Kevon Wallace. I prefer Chichere to Wallace because Chichere to me provides as a the fourth safety. He's a gunner for special teams yeah. and a damn good gunner at that. Very instinctual, <clears throat> very smart. Like that's the type of guy. And if they're giving him that opportunity to have the highest snap count among all defensive players, to me, that stands out as that's something you need to look at because he played that many snaps. Reed Blankenship played 34. And then you have Kevon Wallace who played 24. Kevon Wallace got a good chunk of time, but the fact that they're getting a better look at some other safeties to me has me curious. 
Because I mean, Keon Wallace shouldn't be seeing anything less than Andre Chichet. I mean, I'm not. Personally. I'm not curious yet. It depends on what. Because like, if you remember that one practice, the one of the first practices, Sanders was with the second team, you know, running back, and then he went. So like, I I want to see what this week looks like. Um, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Chichet might be on the team anyway, just because of the special team. Um, like he could be the Rudy Ford for this team, um, just because of his special team's ability. Um, Blankenship might be somebody to look out for though. Like. He may have a chance to sneak onto this roster as the 52nd, 53rd man and beat out a Kavon Wallace, who I thought would make the team. And again, I go back to when he got when he got drafted, me and you were high on Kavon Wallace. And obviously it didn't work out under Jim Schwartz and last year injuries, and then he came into gr- to camp great shape this year. But I mean, you think about it, we know that Tart, Epps, and Harris are blocks to make this to, to be safeties on this team. Now, do they keep four? Or do they do they add do they add a fourth or you know do they add another corner with the potential that like maybe Avante Maddox if needed could go back? I wouldn't do it, but like say you, you keep Jimmy Moreland on the he's a really good slot corner. Um if, if you needed to move an Avante Maddox back to safety, you could do that. I'm, a, I'm you a, have I'm, like like you said, you have Jimmy Moreland. To me, Josh Job makes sense because he's someone who in a nickel package or a dime package. I think Mario Goodrich is better than Job. I, I would keep Goodridge over Job. Is my it, it, right now personally? That's why I would keep a, like if, just those two because I don't think both of them make it. But if you were talking one or the other, I would keep Goodrich over. Job. Which is weird because Goodrich didn't get a huge look. Like he only played six snaps, and Job played over twenty. Like they, I think it's definitely going to be telling this week after they have one week. And we start to see some reports out of the joint practices, who's playing where, and then we see in that preseason game. If there is some major adjustments, um, then I'll be really interested to see what happens. Be personally, because if they if there's like a mate like Josh Job ends up down at 10 snaps, and then a guy like Mario Goodrich ends up up at the 25-30 snap mark, well, then we see that there was a major overcorrection. And is that an overcorrection because they didn't like what they saw from Josh Dobe? They want to see more from Mario Goodrich. There's a lot more discussion to be had then. But I think that that's going to be a big thing is some of the lesser named guys, if they see more playing time or see less playing time. If Chichir starts to see less playing time, I almost think it's he's on the roster and they're preserving well, But other guys I, might not be the same. And as I mentioned before, in – in the joint practices, that's where the, the starters are going to get the reps. So in these games, you're not going to see, you know, um, Darius Slay. You're not going to mm-hmm. see James Bradbury. You're not even going to see Avante Maddox. This is where you're going to see the younger guys. You're going to see Job, Goodrich, Blankenship, uh, Chichere. You're going to see these guys to try to earn their way um, onto this roster. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I am ve- when it came to the first-team offense and the first-team defense for the Eagles, I was very, very happy with what I saw. And again, it was against a Jets team that's not very good right now. Um, but we will, you know, it, it'll be interesting the test that the Browns give the Eagles this week in these in these joint practices. And then the Sunday, it's so weird. They play at one o'clock Sunday, and then they play the Dolphins on a Saturday. Like we get a Friday, Sunday, Saturday preseason. Like all I know is that we're what four weeks away from September 11th, the week the, the week one opener in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Um, and Agreed. The, the, and, and- Steve, oh, before Stephen, yes. I did play. And you played for the Delco Cowboys, I know. <laughs> we played against each other. There he won uh, the, he won the MVP one year um in the in the the semi pro league that I played in. 
Um, small world, like small world. It is, but yeah, I was definitely like that. Was I was just happy to have football back? That was great to see that, and I got to see like a lot of guys. Like I even like I was pretty impressed with Tay Gowan. Like there's some guys. Like we got to see a lot of the names that we've been talking about that we maybe have been skeptical about. Um, and to me, um, I mean, I'm intrigued, and it gets even more interesting because. You go from 90 to 85. We already saw Ali Fayed, Fayad and, uh, oh, man. The Dunkel. Dunkel? Dunkel. Dunkel. Dunkel, yeah. Like no, William no. William Dunkel was uh, both got cut the today. <laughs> There's three more that need to be cut by Tuesday. I kind of wish the gap between the second game and the third game, you cut more. Because then you go from 85 to 80, but then you get the big 80 to 53. That's where mm-hmm. you get the huge, and then the decision becomes uh, comes on in regards to who you're putting on the practice squad. I kind of wish they made that number like 85 to like 75 or 70, and you saw more cuts happening. But obviously, at third, the end of next game, the next game, we're going to get a lot better idea well, of who's getting cut. And I think it's because that third preseason game, we know, I mean, a lot of teams don't play starters as it is, but like that. It's it's the fourth preseason game of old, like where nobody plays. You're playing the back end of the roster and trying to get these guys tapes for other teams. We'll see a lot of Carson Strong and Reed Sinet. I'm surprised we didn't see Carson Strong Friday. Yeah, and, like- and the response to me from uh from Nick Sirianni was kind of weird about it. He said, Oh, just not how it went. This is how we've had it planned out. You might see Carson Strong like if Carson Strong doesn't see playing time and you risk letting him go to waivers to try and bring him back to your practice squad, I'm going to say it right now, you ain't getting him back. Well, I think I think there – I'm actually – if I had to change in one of my – you know, I had the Eagles keeping three. I had them keeping Hurts, Minshew, and Strong. I actually think unless they trade Minshew, they're going to keep two. And hope and whichever – reads in that – Carson Strong, whichever one that you release doesn't get picked up is who you bring back onto the practice squad. That's what I think happens, um, but we'll see. Um, yeah, my thing is if you're high on like a guy, if they like they they invested a significant amount of guaranteed money in Carson Strong, the idea that you're not playing him to make sure like do we want to keep this investment in him is weird to me. Read Sinet, read Sinet will clear waivers and you'll be able to pick him up again. I think with Carson Strong, it's not that Carson Strong, what was it? There was like over 10 teams. There was like 10 to 15 teams that made offers to him as a UDFA. Guaranteed he's not coming back. Somebody else will 100% pick that guy up because they'll say, oh, well, we, we'll take him because we're going to put him on our practice squad instead or we're going to protect him or we we have room for that third quarterback. Well, it'll be interesting it's debatable in Philadelphia if we have room to carry the third quarterback. Like you said, you're yeah. starting to rethink the quarterback room. If Minshew is – there's not enough trade interest, there's not enough value there, and they keep him as a backup – there's no reason not to believe that you can just roll with Jalen Hurts and, and Gardner Minshew and just that's it and yeah. let the other people go. So I'm intrigued against, again, these next two preseason games because we're not going to see Hurts. And if we see Minshew, maybe a quarter. I saw enough of Reed Sinet last week that I need to see Carson Strong this week. I need to know what this guy – obviously coming in like when we signed him as a UDFA, it was a lot of – he has a very strong arm. But then there's all this talk about in practice, you don't really see it. I want to see it. I want to see him throw, put a speedster, put Devin Allen 
out wide left and let him run straight down the field. Let me see a fly. And I want to see Carson Strong just launch it. I just want to see if he has the arm. And obviously, like that, seeing him play is where we'll know will we keep him? If other teams would even have have you know any potential in wanting to take him if the Eagles were to release him. You know, that we got us to see him play. We haven't seen it. So I was really, really shocked that we didn't see him on the field at all. And again, my other one was the Derek Barnett. I didn't see him on the field. How many snaps did he get? Did he get any snaps on um on Friday? Like maybe and then in practice today he, he got into a fight with Andre Dillard. And I like the spark out of Andre Dillard because Dillard obviously coming into this is his third year. Um and there was a lot of talk like the Eagles could trade him, but he's showing some fire. And that's what you want to see. Linemen are very, very valuable. We know that the Eagles starting five is good, is, is really good. Four of the five are really good. The fifth is probably going to be Sayamalu. Um, but you still need that backup left tackle. And if Andre Dillard could get his head on straight, like it seems like he has, and you know, putting in the work throughout the offseason, I'm not giving him up. Like I'm not going to just trade him for a seventh round pick. No, you keep him. Because somebody down there, either A, somebody down the line will, will really need a left tackle and will give you a premium pick for him, or you may need him. I'm not saying anything's going to happen to Jordan Mailata, but you might need Andre Dillard to step in for you one day, and I'd much rather have him than have a Laverne Clark Clark or whatever. Like, I'm not saying – or LaRaven Clark. I'm not saying he's, he's bad, but, like, I think Andre Dillard is probably better than him. Derek Barnett played two snaps, but – um. I'm shocked at that. Yeah, I mean, they did. I think they invested enough in him that obviously he he makes the team. He's the fourth defensive end. The way that the, the versatility of this offense or defense, like we may be like, oh, they kept seven defensive ends. But really, in reality, a guy like Taron Jackson or Patrick Johnson or Hassan Reddick might be classified as linebackers, outside linebackers, whatever. Um, so that leaves the room there. I, I don't think Derek Barnett was ever at risk of not making this team um, as much as we may dislike him and wish that he was at risk of not making this team. And like in a couple practices ago when they said like that he jumped offside and it was like a, a penalty and it's one of the few that they've seen in the entire practice. That's unsurprising to me. But <laughs> if he's making that mistake on when he's given 30% of snaps versus being given 70 or 80% of snaps, it's far less opportunity to screw things up, I think. So I'm okay with Derek Barnett as your, you know, your flex type of guy. You got Brandon Graham, you got Sweat, you got Reddick, and then you got Derek Barnett shooting out there for 25, 30, 35% of snaps. I, I can live with that. Um, I was a little surprised on the wide receiver front. Um, we, we don't deny Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal's making this team. It's clear the money was invested there. He used to play um, for Nick Sirianni. Sirianni really likes him. He's taking the J-Jaw rollover. I would really hope the next week we start to see a move away from even, like, I don't want to see those first four guys out. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, who's been nursing some injuries, um, Quez Watkins, we know what we got in Quez Watkins. I don't care to see him. I don't care to see Zach Pascal. We get that those four guys are locks. Devin Allen only played like eight snaps. Like those are the types of guys I want to start seeing more of those guys. Deion Kane was out there. He played a decent amount of snaps. He had a atrocity of a drop um, at one point in the game. It was right on the 
right on the numbers and he dropped it. Um, but yes, I would rather see that guy out there. I don't care. We lost to the Jets. I don't care that we lost to the Jets. We need to see these guys and we need to be able well, the, the result, team the result needs to make a good matter. decision. Yeah, well, exactly. It doesn't matter. It really Unless doesn't. you're the Ravens who've won 21 straight preseason games and that's what they care about. But the, the result does not matter. I was Like I mentioned before, I was happy to see the starting offense look really good. Happy to see the starting defense look really good. Beyond that, we now this is where we have to fill out the roster, and that's what we want to see in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think there's a lot, like I said, offensively, I think there's a lot of guys who need to be given a fair shake so that they can see if they deserve that opportunity to be that wide receiver six. Do you want to keep six wide receivers? Do you want to keep four running backs? What do these guys bring to the team? Put Devin Allen back there to return kicks at this point. I get Jalen Reger. We're going to see a lot of Jalen Reger because he's got a lot to prove this preseason, which is fine. But also make sure you get Devin Allen out there. We saw a ton of Huntley, which was great because it really makes you realize that there could be, I understand you said there's injuries. Let the reality of the situation is Gainwell wasn't playing, Sanders wasn't playing, Scott's likely not gonna play. Those three are pretty much locked into their positions. But were they gonna keep a fourth guy? Because like you're like we've been talking about, they seem really confident with three, but it's an oft-injured position, so obviously they're likely going to keep a fourth guy there, but who's going to be that fourth guy? Is it going to be Kennedy Brooks? Is it going to be Jason Huntley? Jason Huntley, great explosion. He offers that special teams. Kennedy Brooks doesn't offer the special teams, but he does offer that you know Jordan Howard hammer type play that we might want to see mixed in there with the running backs that we already have on roster. I think they re-signed Jordan Howard. There's a gonna, lot of people who want that. There's a like, lot of people out like there. Miles so. Sanders gets hurt a lot, so they're definitely going to keep four. It's going to be Sanders. It's going to be Gainwell. They love Boston Scott for some reason, so it'll be Scott. I th- I think when it comes down to it, you're going to see Jordan Howard back on. And the- it was huge. Like he was like, I get it that, that the mentality had to shift on the offensive side of the ball, anyways. At last season, because things just weren't working. Come week eight, when they decided to become a run first team. But without Jordan Howard in week eight and he went off, would we be talking about the same run heavy offense successful number one in the league run heavy offense? I'm not necessarily certain we are. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But it was a good it was a good showing by the starters on, on Friday against the Jets. Yeah, they lost 24-21, but the result is meaningless. Uh, the Eagles next game is, ne- is next Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, a one o'clock kickoff in Cleveland. Um, against Deshaun Watson and, and that that group. Um, they'll have joint practices, a couple of joint practices with them this week. And then the week after, they play the Miami Dolphins, and they'll also be down in Miami with a couple of joint practices with the Dolphins. Uh, so we will, pro- our net will probably be on again. We'll figure that out. I don't know if it'll be after the we'll game Sunday. We'll figure it out. It, it, it'll Monday. be Sunday but, or Monday. But. Yeah, but coming going into the regular season, I think we've, we've decided we're going to do two shows. We're going to do a review show and a preview show. Um, so it'll be a show before, you know, obviously before the upcoming game and a show after the upcoming game or after the, the game. I think we kind of have Tuesday and Friday penciled in potentially. Yeah. So. so obviously once we get these details ironed out and settled for sure, we will let everybody know on our Twitter account. Um, but, you know, if, if you enjoy listening to us, which we appreciate it if you do, we're gonna. You'll have the double dose of us a week. It is the regular season time. No, we need to get our Eagles 
talking in, obviously. Um, and it'll be it'll be fun to to be able to hopefully talk about a team that has a chance to win the division. Um, obviously, Dallas are the, the, the reigning the reigning division winners, um, and so and you got to find a way to beat them. I think Washington's going to be better. Well, yeah, like, and Washington will be better, but, I mean, if you've watched some of the New York Giants' Daniel Jones film, yeah, Giants that's stink. concerning. Gonna, <laughs> Giants stink. They're going to finish last. I, so I, I'm shocked, and not the, before we finish up here, I'm shocked that the Giants haven't just traded for Jimmy G. Like, they should. But I, Jimmy G could end up in, in Jersey with the Giants or Jets. Um, especially I'm if, starting to think he might end up in Cleveland, man. Things are a little spotty there, and Jacoby Brissett isn't that great. I mean, it's going to be really interesting at the end of the day to see where Jimmy G lands because he's definitely going to find a new home yeah. by week one. Like oh, that, well, yeah. that gap and between preseason game three and week one, he's finding like a home. Weeks. Yeah, and if you remember, the Eagles traded Sam Bradford for a first-round pick, obviously with Teddy Bridgewater's injury in Minnesota. So um, I think – I know the Niners yeah, have told them to Zach Wilson was an ACL tear away from me probably putting the Jets as the odds-on favorite to land Jimmy G. Like, that is well, that was, as soon As soon as that he went out of that game, there was talk, hey, if the, Jimmy G knows the staff, better be on the phone with John Lynch to make it happen. Um, but, yeah, he'll be traded. He'll definitely be traded before week one because um, it is Trey Lance's team out in, in San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, so – like you said at the beginning of the show, Connor, it's good that we get to we got to watch Eagles football. We get to talk Eagles football. Um, thank you for everybody that has watched the stream. If you are, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at Elgin Fifty Four. If you are listening to us after the fact, um, wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review the show. Um, uh, and if you have any, if you wanted to reach out, obviously on Twitter, you can you know slide into the DMs and. Uh, we both monitor, obviously monitor our Twitter and Connor does a great job on game day of, of and even throughout the week of putting out the, the, the major news or practice details, game details um, on the Kelly Green Hour Twitter. So for Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Yeah. Yeah.